Welcome to Navigating Education, the podcast, episode 22. Today's topic is education podcasts, and we have a guest today, and his name is Alfonso Mendoza, who is a podcaster, educator, and doctoral student, and his podcast is called My EdTech Life which I'll talk a little bit more about later, but I've drawn a lot of inspiration from him and his podcast. And the goal today is for us to get to learn more about how to have an effective podcast. So a little bit um, of background on Mr. Uh, Mendoza, which is that he's an instructional technologist, uh, Google innovator, uh, from Rio Grande Valley in the heart of South Texas. He attended the University of Texas Pan American and graduated with a bachelor's in business administration. But he found his true calling in 2006 to become a teacher and then taught in the classroom for 11 years where his business skills such as customer service, personalized service, and getting to know your audience really helped him become a successful classroom teacher. Um, then just during his time in the classroom, uh, his passion for technology grew and he eventually um, was able to earn an instructional technologist um, master's degree. So master's in education technology um, with e-learning certification and um, a variety of other uh, certifications um, along with his technology director certificate from TCEA. So um, he's essentially a, a Google innovator. Um, he's been um, named one of the top 50 ed tech influencers on augmented reality in K-12. So he really knows his, his stuff and he also talks about it on his podcast with so many uh, great educators from around the world. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate you inviting me. It's it's great to actually be on the other side. As you know, you were a guest on my show, and uh, it's just great to now be on the other side and now getting the questions asked. So thank you for having me. I know. It's been almost a year for us um, when I was on your podcast talking about um, the book that I released last year. Um, so it's exciting to have you talk a little bit about your expertise on um, our topic today because I'll, I'll admit it, I'm a little bit of, you know, I'm still, I'm about 20, this is my 22nd episode, getting my feet still wet in podcasting. I feel like with each episode, as well as um, each week that goes by, progressing a little bit here and there, whether that is through production or whether that is through um, editing or through social media, interacting with guests. So feel like each week there's something new that I'm trying to do or add to the repertoire. So it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts. So talk a little bit about um, right now your context and education before we begin. Maybe I missed something in your bio, um, but just let our listeners know, what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Sure, no problem. Actually, on the bio, you hit everything on spot on. So pretty much on my day-to-day, -day, I am an instructional technologist for a school district here in South Texas. We're located four hours south of San Antonio in Mission, Texas. And uh, yes, there are there's still Texas south of San Antonio for a lot of uh, folks out there that may be listening. That oftentimes they think, you know, South Texas is San Antonio, but you can still go a little bit further south. 
Um, so as an instructional technologist, what my job duties are and other duties as assigned are pretty much to be very familiar with all the platforms that our teachers are using and our students are using so that I can provide the training for them, uh, you know, so that way they can get, be familiar with the platforms, how to use the platforms, some, uh, you know, uh, best practices, and also to uh, help the students as well. And one additional thing that I do all as well is also uh, working with parents, with parent engagement. Uh, the, being bilingual really helps here in this area. So the ability for me to be able to speak Spanish uh, and communicate with parents has allowed us also to engage our parent community with uh, technology or Technology Tuesday meetings that we do, where we also teach the parents the platforms that the students are using amongst other skills. And we also talk about the importance of digital citizenship so that parents can also protect their kids at home or just to, you know, be aware of the dangers of, you know, mobile devices and being online. Yeah, no. So it seems like, you know, you do a lot of things in your day job. And I know that how that spins over into your um, passion projects, like your podcast, My Tech Life, as well as your um, working at the doctoral student right now. So talk a little bit about, I know a little bit of the backstory of how you got into podcasts, but what what really got you to start My Tech Life? Well, My Tech Life, when I first got the position as an instructional technologist, I kind of just started taking pictures and documenting like, you know, like here's my new role, my new thing. And I've always been, you know, big on social media. So then all of a sudden, I just started using the hashtag my tech life. Like this is my my new life, my transition from from the classroom after being there in the classroom for 11 years to now as an instructional tech. And so I just started documenting, taking pictures. It's like, hey, here, look at me. I'm, you know, teaching this or here I'm working with the drones, getting ready for a STEM camp, my tech life, my tech life, my tech life. And then, uh, of course, as you know, the, the everything shut down, you know, in March. And luckily during that time, I connected with Global GEG. And so a lot of those uh, educators, you know, global educators, all the way from the UK to Australia, to, you know, Spain, and of course here in the US and everywhere, we started connecting and we started doing um, training sessions, you know, on platforms such as Kami, uh, Edpuzzle, all, all sorts of training. So I connected with them and they were one of the first that kind of got me inspired because they started using StreamYard. So then I said, you know what, I, I kind of want to do this on my on my own, like as far as not uh, separate from them because I am part of that global community, but I just see, wanted to see what else I can add as far as value for our educators. So on April 10th of 2020, I decided to click record and recorded my first live show. And, uh, you know, as you know, my live shows, I did live shows. I just pulled the audio and then just uploaded. And there you go. There's the podcast, no editing and just raw. So on April uh, April 10th, my first guest was actually my professor uh, from the EdTech program, that which I received my master's in, Dr. Rene Corbet. And we talked about, you know, e-learning. We talked about virtual learning and just the difficulties that uh, teachers would be this or the obstacles they would find themselves in or have due to not being familiar with teaching online as it's not an easy transition to go from, you know, brick and mortar, just boom, from one day to the next to online. So it, it just kind of started from that. And then slowly and organically, I just started seeing people connecting with people on Twitter, you know, and such as yourself, 
you know, I, you had just released a book and I was like, Hey, I want to know, you know, what's up with this. And, uh, you know, had you on the show, you had the opportunity to share, uh, read your book. And I, I was just like, man, this is amazing, you know, and just to be able to connect with people such as yourself that are very knowledgeable, that are bringing a lot to the table. And it just organically turned into this space where I said, you know, the, the premise is connect educators and creators one show at a time and to add value to our education community. So um, even though the show is called My EdTech Life, that's just the name that I gave it, but we don't always talk tech. For myself, it's really getting to know the educator, getting to know where they're coming from, getting to know their story and make them relatable and approachable But for other educators that may feel like, oh man, those people, they're, they're, they're edu-famous and you know, I, I can't reach out to them. But I just wanna let them know like, hey, there are people like you and I, and they're always willing to help. And so 75 shows in now, I mean, we're, we're still growing and we've had the opportunity to um, interview some wonderful, passionate educators that can really help continue to fan that flame, you know, for many that are out there. Yeah, no, you've done a lot of episodes over the past year and you've learned from 75 different guests on the show. Um, I feel like going through the podcasting process is that I am, you know, it's some of the best professional learning that I've ever had because it allows me to research what they're doing, um, you know, get to know the person more. And then they provide a lot of really good nuggets of information that can not only help me and my learning and practice, but can help others. So I feel like it's a win-win in, in that regard. So let's talk about some of the nuts and bolts of podcasting. Um, you've done 75 episodes, so you've done a lot of trial and error, I'm sure, throughout the process. So talk about how you discuss your, uh, you know, produce your shows, start from the very beginning, a planning process, and then just go through a quick synopsis of the step-by-step -step process through the production, editing, and then posting on social media because not everyone knows of a specific process. Um, everyone's maybe a little bit different, but for someone that's uh, experienced like you, it's great for you to share. Yeah, no, of course. And, you know, I, I just want to let you know and let our audience members know my, my model has always been just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Um, you know, as, as Matt, you know, you know, both of us in our position, we get very busy and sometimes it could be very overwhelming because it's like, oh, we got to take care of the social media piece, got to, you know, do this editing, do the promos, do all this stuff. So I just really like to keep it simple. So just to get from the, uh, just to get, go from the beginning, pretty much what I'll do is I'll just reach out to guests. And what I try and do is always schedule one month ahead. And so all the guests that you're seeing on the show as, as the shows are rolling out, you know, these, these are, uh, a lot of guests that I've reached out to in the previous month to get them scheduled in. Every once in a while, I'll find a, a little gem out there of, of an educator, uh, a subject matter expert that I'm like, man, I, I really want to get them on because what they have to share is something that is relevant to like right now at this moment. And I just feel inspired. So I'll just reach out to them and then I'll schedule maybe a special show, you know, for a special date. Uh, with them and so on. But that that's very far and few and in between just because of the busy schedule. So one of the biggest tips is to always make sure you schedule your guests ahead of time and make sure that you have those specific dates. Work with them, be flexible, you know, and, uh, you know, sometimes what I do is uh, I'll, I'm flexible as far as my Saturday mornings 
you know, I'll either schedule for uh, 9 a.m. Central Time, or if it's a, a guest that I must really have that I really want, uh, and maybe they could, they, they like, can we do a little later? Like, I'll do like, you know, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, but, you know, be a little bit of flexible flexibility there. So uh, that's the process there. And then what I do, which I didn't do before, and this is, here's a tip, guys, always, uh, like Matt said, you you kind of learn as you go. And before I never had any questions, it was just kind of on the fly, just conversations, organic, where it'll take you. But then maybe about, I don't know, 15 to 20 shows back now, I kind of started uh, having actual questions to ask. And it just made the flow of the show a lot easier. It, it's It's not robotic. It's still very organic because depending on the answers that a lot of uh, educators or guests may have, we can kind of steer the conversation in a different direction, but at least it does give you a nice outline so you can kind of have a nice flow to your show and uh, just make it kind of really nice and smooth. And so the platform that I use is StreamYard. So if you're not familiar with StreamYard, it's pretty much a platform that allows me to stream onto YouTube. Twitter, uh, Twitch, LinkedIn, and Facebook all at the same time. I can, you know, stream to eight places all at once. And so we do our show at live. I mean, uh, you know, what you see is what you get. My mistakes, my uhs, my, you know, all that stuff, the little verbal crutches. I mean, that that's pretty much the show right there. And of course, uh, as far as post-production, once we're done, that is where there's two schools of thought there. One is, well, I need to take the audio and then I need to edit and I want to edit every little uh, mm, mm, uh out. And man, that can take forever. So for a lot of podcasters that are out there that do this, my props to you, because I know that a lot of them are all about that quality and, you know, and, and I get it. I understand uh, but sometimes, you know, from the time the show's recorded to the time the show is released, you know, it could be several weeks or even months. But what I do is I just pull the audio and I upload it immediately raw. And that's it. That's my podcast. And so for me, I just really in, in my train of thought, it's like it's real. It's genuine. It's not processed. It's it's the, the a natural conversation. And so I just share that out with our audience members. So as soon as I finish a show, probably within 40 minutes, you know, everything is up on my pod page and uh, it's ready to be viewed and listened to uh, by audience members and anybody that's going to be rewatching the show. And it's just been uh, just really great there. As yeah. far as, oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to add one piece there. Yeah. Uh, very important is the promotion. So always, um, I forgot to mention that every time I reach out to a guest, I always ask them to send me a headshot and a short bio and I'll do the promo for the show, probably sometimes about a week in advance, maybe sometimes about four days in advance, um, just depending. And then that way we do the promos on all social medias, provide the link there. And then, uh, you know, that, that'll help draw some attention to the show. And then that way you get some audience members. Um, but a lot of the viewership that I do get is a lot from the replays and then a lot from the podcast downloads too as well. So, you know, just because of the timing and, you know, Saturday mornings are big uh, Twitter chat mornings for a lot of educators. So that's pretty much uh, kind of the process there. Yeah, no. So you do a lot of things. And I think that what the way you lay it out is 
semi how I do. I just don't do it live. I mean, I essentially, once I'm done recording, I take audio, put it on the anchor, add all the questions um, and bi biographical information that I provide an episode summary. Then I post it up on my anchor and then essentially um, I'm releasing one or two episodes a week and I'm just posting them on like a Monday morning or a Wednesday morning and um, and I go from there. I mean, I, I, I'm, I know that there's uh, applications such as like the script, which allow you to edit the audio and take out things as well as um, other platforms where you can host your podcasts. Um, but I think that there's so many, it's like at just any sort of ed tech tool. There's so many that are out there. You've just got to figure out which one works for you. So um, I appreciate you going through that step-by-step -step process. So to finalize our discussion here, what are some just, if you're just getting started in podcasting as an educator, what are, you know, two to three things, suggestions that you would give that educator as they start off? All right. Well, that's, Wonderful, because uh, that's something that I really love to talk about there. So for number one, it's patience, 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 patience. It can be very difficult at first. It can be very overwhelming. Just like Matt said, there are so many tools that are out there that are wonderful. And each one has its own little thing. So sometimes you may be second guessing yourself like, oh, my goodness, did I use the right tool? Am I on the correct platform? Am I, you know, did I am I spending too much on this one while this one? offers this, but then it doesn't have this and so on. So just be very patient with yourself and just really just do a little bit, do some research, start off slow. And like what I always say, and I've always told Matt when he might have questions, I say, hey, if it's free, it's for me. <laughs> so always start off with whatever is free. Uh, kind of get your, your uh, feet wet in it, get that experience. So number one is just the patience and looking for the platform. Uh, what you want to use. Number two is don't measure yourself with somebody else's ruler. Don't measure yourself with somebody else's ruler. Sometimes you may think like, well, I only have, you know, 50 plays. I only have, you know, 100 plays. I only have. Don't measure yourself with somebody else's ruler because what that can do is it can definitely kind of dishearten you and it can cause you to just feel like, man, I'm not doing anything. I'm not making a dent and nobody's listening nobody cares, and that imposter syndrome kicks in. Uh, the life expectancy of a podcast, usually for the most part, you know, when people start beginning, it's usually about seven episodes as far as a lot of people. And then after the seventh episode, you really realize, is this for me or is this not for me? So a lot of people may quit after number seven. If you've made it after over seven, well, congrats. I mean, you're, you're doing well, but don't measure yourself with anybody else's ruler. Uh, be yourself bring out your content because there is plenty, plenty of room in the edu space for uh, more educators to share their voice and amplify their voice and share their knowledge. So uh, that's one thing to really, really do. And maybe that I should switch the order around and that should be rule number one. <laughs> and number three, just be uh, consistent. Be consistent, consistent, consistent. Uh, just like Matt said, you know, he releases shows Mondays, Wednesdays, just be consistent with that. My shows are usually, well, we're usually Wednesdays and Saturdays, but because I am in uh, my doctoral program, it turned out that my schedule changed and now I have classes on Wednesdays. So right now I'm actually just doing Saturday shows again, the way I used to once, a, uh, you know, actually I was doing two, two a month 
Then I moved to four a month because I was doing every Saturday. And so I'm trying to get back into the two shows a week to possibly do Thursdays and Saturdays. But I think I'm just going to stick to the Saturdays just to be consistent with that. And uh, but yeah, just find consistency, be persistent. And you'll see that if you just follow those three things slowly but surely, you know, you're going to start seeing um, your numbers go up. You're going to start seeing more people, you know, listening and uh, don't be afraid to this is an added bonus. Just don't be afraid to be yourself. Don't try and be anybody else. Don't try and copy anybody else's style. And and there's nothing wrong with, you know, taking those knowledge nuggets from other great podcasters, but just add that as an additional seasoning to what you already bring to the table because people love uh, authenticity. They love genuineness and uh, just be yourself. So those are, I know you asked for three, but those are my four tips that I can uh, share with you for anybody that's beginning in podcasting. Yeah, no, they're all great tips. Um, highly recommend to think about those as you get started or as you continue to go through um, and create these podcasts. I know that for us on uh, this podcast is that to me, it's become more of a routine and now it's just a weekly thing that I am doing and I'm considering it part of my professional learning. And um, I know for more listens, um, that will occur over time. Just be patient and I know that the conversations are valuable to me, so I know that they'll be valuable to others. So that's one of the main uh, purposes of, I think, podcasting in general. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, Matt, thank you so much. I appreciate you inviting me. And like I said, I'm very thankful for our friendship. And more than anything, I'm really excited about what you're doing as well as far as, you know, authoring your, your next book. Really excited about that. And of course, uh, adding the podcast component to that. So that's definitely a, a great, great way to connect with other educators. And I know for myself, I've learned a lot from you. And I know that there'll be people that will find great value in what you are doing. So keep up the great work, man. Yeah, thank you so much. So I know that uh, our listeners, uh, you can view not only this episode, but all of our episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, whichever platform that you're looking for. And we're releasing about three to four podcasts per month. So please be sure to listen in. And I hope that you take away some really great things from not only this episode, but other episodes. Thank you, everyone. And then until next time, talk to you soon.